What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward today with Suzanne Brown, a mom, a part-time strategic business consultant, writer, and TEDx speaker. You can check out her work at mompowerment.com. How are you today, Suzanne? I'm great. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, it's awesome to have you on the show. And I I just want to share a little background. I mean, you and I got connected through an incredible community that we're both part of. It's the Winnie Sun Weekly Tweet Chat. And I have so enjoyed connecting with you and such great people on that. And I encourage our listeners, if you're not already joining in every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, it is so cool. You know, and it, 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 there's just such smart things that come out of that. Like I get nuggets every week that that's on <laughs> Me too. and there are cool people to, you know, to just to boot. So yeah. it's, it is, I love that, um, that Twitter chat, like it's fantastic. And it's actually one of the most fun and innovative, uh, uses of Twitter that I've ever seen. So, and you get to connect with people like you, Suzanne, and I am so excited to have you on the show. So I only gave a little synopsis of your story. So I want you to share with our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey. So kind of the whole general path that I have taken was to make my journey my own. Mm -hmm. So um, my undergrad degrees are in finance and Spanish, but I went into advertising Mm -hmm. because why not? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I I cut my teeth in the advertising industry, mainly in New York City. So I worked at huge agencies on really big pieces of business, like multinational. um, And it was great. But that was kind of my first hint of work-life balance doesn't work in that industry. Oh, you mean working for a big ad agency in New York? <laughs> yeah, you know, and and it was so funny that there were there were women who, after you did a little bit of digging, you found out they were moms, mm-hmm. and they didn't go home earlier than anybody else. Wow. Um, and so it's like, do you ever see your children? You know, I mean, does that ever happen for our (laughs) listeners who may not be familiar with that field? I mean, I, you know, having worked in law, having worked in in corporate America, I mean, I know a little bit about, you know, what the demands working for a big East Coast company are. But I mean, what kind of hours are we talking about here, Suzanne? Oh, I easily worked 60 hours a week. Easily. Wow. Easily. And were you, Um, uh, you know, and and no way. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I was willing to do it because yeah. I could work really long hours. And part of it honestly was I wanted to move up quickly. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of figured out what would let me do that. And, and I made it happen. And, yeah. and I took a slightly different approach because most people who go into the agency world, they stick with one area of focus and they just move up in those ranks. Right. right. And I didn't want to do that because I said, that makes no sense. How can I do that if I don't understand how the other pieces work with it? Mm -hmm. And so I specifically went and sought out other opportunities kind of along the way where I, I had the chance to look at all kinds of different areas of marketing, which is not normal. Like being an integrated communications professional is not a normal thing in the agency world. Interesting. I mean, people would say to me, why are you doing that? Um, 
and it, it just, it's not how it's done. Like if you are in advertising, you're in advertising your whole career. Interesting. Um, yeah. And I didn't want that because I said that that doesn't really work for me for the long term for what I want to be able to do. And so I moved around to different agencies. Like I got exposure to one thing and then I said, oh, I want to know a little bit more about that. And so I would go to a different agency in order to learn more about that. But that's how I moved through the ranks. But I was willing to put in the hours because I wanted to move up quickly. You know, I, I, I wanted to be at the level I wanted to be at quickly um, because I figured that's how I would be able to get more work-life balance, which was not true. <laughs> mm. oh, so when did that when did that hit? I mean, and that actually leads me into my next question. I mean, Suzanne, so you were, I mean, you're, you're starting out super ambitious. You're climbing the ladder and, you know, you're putting in 60 hours a week. You're in New York City. I mean, one of the most exciting places in the world. So, I mean, was there a moment for you where, uh, and, and, you know, th- that realization where it hit, okay, this is not the path to work-life balance. And, uh, and what, was, what, what was that like for you coming to that realization? So I had moved to an agency, one of the largest ones and still one of the largest ones. And I was working on an account and it was pure misery. Mm. Like it was amazing how bad it was. And I had a client who, um, I had several clients because it was a global piece of business, Mm -hmm. but I had one client in particular who was based out of Brussels and by eight o'clock every morning. So literally Monday through Friday, I would have two scathing communications from this client every morning, like every morning without fail. Well, that's a, that's a very strong cup of coffee to start your day with. (laughs) Yeah. And it would be like, some days it would be two emails. Some days it would be an email and yes, back in the day it was still a fax, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or, or whatever the communication was. And it really came down to, in her particular situation, um, a global committee had chosen the agency. She had zero input on it. She was used to working with a small agency down the road where she was basically treated as like a queen. And that's just not how a, a large agency works. You know, it, it's really hard to to personalize every little thing for one client out of a huge team. Yeah. You know, like that's that's not how it works. She hated working with the agency. Oh, gosh. Um, and so I, I, I just kind of looked in the mirror and I was like, this isn't working for me. And I had um, I'd had some very honest conversations with someone who was um, an executive vice president on one of the previous accounts I'd worked on at another agency. And she sat me down, I don't know, maybe two years into my career. Mm-hmm. And she said, you need to go get an MBA. I don't mean do it today, um, but you need to go get an MBA. Well, so on top of working, what, 60 plus hours a week, you now had to go get an MBA? Well, and that was kind of the the moment when I said, okay, I need to start, I need to start taking the GMAT prep courses. Like I need to start the, the, con- the, the conversation with myself and, you know, and with my parents and, um, and just really kind of say, okay, it's, it's time for me to start that path. Um, because I wanted my life back, you know, yeah. and, and I ended up working for, um, I, I, I only lasted at that agency for about six months. I said, let me finish out the project that I came here to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might add, I was the third senior person on that account to quit by oh, the time I wow. quit. Wow. That's yeah. A sign. So, 
So it was, it was bad. Um, and so I moved to another agency in a totally different capacity. And so I actually moved to this other agency, um, by, by essentially networking. I had, I had raised my hand to say that I was interested in something like a few jobs back where I was doing, um, not recruiting, but no, I was doing recruiting. I was doing recruiting for, for entry level positions only because I had raised my hand and said, Oh yeah, I can help with that presentation. Not realizing that I was literally going to be handed like the recruiting role for, for going out to college campuses. And so I was a recruiter for MBAs. Mm-hmm. So before I even got an MBA, but the reality is that that it wasn't, it, it literally wasn't enough work. And so I went to my manager and I said, I, I just, I need more to do, yeah. you know, and she was like, you need more to do. And so at that particular company, um, so I'm prepping for the GMAT still. And, um, at that point, my role changed, I think 10 times in like eight months. Wow. Um, cause I have a flexible skill set. because remember I've, I've looked at in all of these different kind of agencies in different capacities. I was a supervisor at this point. So I had a pretty strong understanding of strategy and how to make money. And so I did all kinds of stuff. Like I was a business manager for essentially half of like a 500 person office. So figuring out like where should, what, what is it? If you win a $2 million piece of business, what does that really look like for staffing? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was doing recruiting and then I eventually went back into account management, which is where I'd started out and I was on loan to a Miami office and then I eventually moved to Chicago and it just finally came to a head in Chicago. And I said, okay, I prepped for the GMAT. I took the GMAT. I've applied for schools. I'm out. Like I am done because I was working more than 60 hours in Chicago. Wow. I mean, was there a moment, do you, was there a clearly defined moment for you where you, you felt like this is, I'm just hitting my breaking point. I'm just hitting my limit here. You know, it actually affected my health. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it affected my health because I worked literally from nine in the morning to 10 at night every day. Wow. Every day, because except for Friday, Friday, I I gave myself a break and I left at eight o'clock and like had dinner with a friend or with somebody from the office. Mm -hmm. Um, And I worked on the weekends like it was bad because we were quickly trying to relaunch something for a really big client. And no one in the office had the area of expertise that I did. Yeah. Well, Suzanne, let me ask you a question. I mean, (laughs) you are on this. I mean, from the outside, anyone looking from the outside would say you are the pinnacle of success at that point. Were you happy at the time? Not a chance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when, when a doctor says to you, here's the deal, whatever you're doing is not working. Yeah. Like it is not, it has literally affected your health. Yeah. I mean, your body's your early warning system, right? It's just, it's trying to tell you something. Hey, hey, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta start paying attention. Something's not right here. And, and that was it. And I finally said, you know what? I'm done. And without even being accepted into grad school yet, I gave a really long notice and I said, I'm just, I'm done. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And they were shocked. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Because I had, it hadn't been a really long time that I had helped open up that office. And um, 
you know, and, and I think there comes a point when sometimes you have to know when enough is enough. And so it happens that the very last day that I was there, I got into the school of my choice, um, which is the MBA program at the university of Texas at Austin. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was from Texas and I was trying to move back. And so it was like the sign, right? It's like last day, I literally got a phone call as I was walking out to go to dinner with friends. (laughs) You you can have scripted that better. That's amazing. You know, it was like the path is, has opened up. Like you were waiting, it's here, get going. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, I, I mean, you, you were anticipating like, all of the great parts of a story here. I mean, so what was the next path for you? I mean, when did things start to shift for you? I mean, you, you left that uh, grueling life in corporate America behind. What was the next chapter in your life? So as I finished up my MBA, um, I, I thought that I wanted to go and do um, brand management, which is not what I ended up wanting to do after okay. I did a little more digging. And so I walked out and I actually started a consulting business. Mm. Um, so I had a friend approach me who said, Hey, I need some work done. Um, and he was, uh, a, uh, he managed, he was a money manager. So he had a fund, um, and he had several different kinds of, um, of investments that he had made for large brands. And so he said, I need some help with marketing. Can you do this work? Yeah. And so walking out of grad school, I literally had a project to work on for my own consulting business, right? So I didn't go and work for like one of the, you know, the large like strategic marketing firms or anything like that. Um, And so I, um, and then I also started a full-time role at a company that is supposedly well-known for work-life balance. (laughs) Um, You got to be careful about the ones that actually tout it, right? (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And they've gotten lots of awards. Um, and really, I think in that particular situation, it was just not a good cultural fit. Yeah. Um, so I was there for a little more than a year. And then I had a boss who I had worked for in New York, who was in Austin, call me and say, hey, can you, are you, would you like to come and work on my team? Um, in a totally different capacity. Mm-hmm. So she's back in the agency world, which I vowed I would never go back to. Yeah. Um, but it was an agency in Austin. So, you know, it, there there was already kind of more of a built-in work-life balance approach because it's not New York City. Right. Um, and this manager was amazing. So I trusted her as somebody who understood where I was coming from. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I did something totally different. So the last agency that I was at, I was there for six and a half years. But I didn't do anything traditional. So I had all kinds of non-traditional roles. And I literally worked like maybe on a bad week, I worked 45 hours. Okay. Yeah, much better. Much better, right? (laughs) And I was doing all kinds of new things. Like I was completely expanding my skill set, but I made my path. Yeah. So I didn't go the traditional route within those four walls. I did all kinds of things that like, if I talk to people from other agencies, they're like, what? And part of it was because I had an MBA. So that all of a sudden gave me the, I guess, cachet that I could do things, you know, like I wrote business plans for that agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a, cool. it's a large agency. So yeah. it's, so it, it, to be able to say, here's how we're going to, if you want to invest in this, this is how it has to pay out because they were part of a large 
um, they are part of a large marketing conglomerate and they had to show that an investment was going to pay out over time. Yeah. Well, and Suzanne, talk a little bit about, I mean, the, I mean, you're doing fantastic work right now. I mean, you're putting out great content too. I, I want to talk a little bit about your, your blog, mompowerment.com. How did that come about? And you, you really are a spokesperson and an advocate for better work-life balance, especially for working moms. So how did that role kind of come into your life? So about five years ago, I focused on my own thing. So I said, okay, it's, it's, this is what I want to be able to do. I want to have a little bit more flexibility. The first year that I worked at at that agency as a mom, I actually worked Mm part-time. So just full on cut my hours in half. They were very flexible and willing to give me that opportunity. And so about a year into it, I started to focus on my own thing. And then about a year after that, I was literally having coffee with a friend who also worked part-time. And she said, you know, we were just talking about the fact that we get asked all the time, you know, how do you make that work? Yeah. How does it work? How yeah. did you talk to your um, the company you were working for? How do you make it work now? What does your schedule look like? Like all of those kinds of questions. And so we said, there's got to be a resource that we can just send people to. <laughs> And, and I so, love where this is going, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so I did some research because part of what I actually do for clients is like nitty gritty, hardcore research. Yeah. And there is no resource. Yeah. <laughs> which so what, was, what do you do, Suzanne, if there's no resource? Well, you know, I said, well, I'm just going to create it. Absolutely. I you love know, it. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't have enough on my plate. So let me just create a resource for yeah. for moms who want to work part-time uh, no Suzanne I gotta ask you so let's I mean like <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna do time travel later on but I'm having so much fun with this conversation when you got out of school did you ever imagine that you would start a blog to talk about you know work-life balance no I I didn't imagine I would talk about work-life balance I never thought I would write a book yeah. like so not in the path that I had in my head. Yeah. Like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I love what, you, but your story illustrates something that is so important. I mean, if you don't find the resource out there, create it. And that's exactly what you've done. And so how has that experience been for you? It has been amazing. You know, I, I, one, I didn't realize what I was really asking moms to share because I went out and I interviewed more than 110 professional part-time working moms. Um, so I didn't think through what exactly I was asking them to share with me Mm -hmm. because they have, they were very open with their stories and moms talked about near or like actual divorce. Um, or um, developmental delays for their children, or an ailing parent, or a parent who had passed away. Like, they were very intimate stories. And I would say, like, 99% of the moms I interviewed were very, very open. And the book is anonymous. So I feel like they're, um, like, it wasn't like I was saying, well, Jane Smith in Austin, Texas, right. you know, I, I refer to women by their trade, you know, by mm-hmm. the industry they work in and where they work, but that could be anyone, Yeah. you know? And so they, they, they shared like the intimate details of their lives. And, and I didn't, I, I, I didn't know that I was asking for that. Like, yeah. that's, Were you surprised <laughs> that that's how it, it, it sounds like it really morphed into something a lot bigger. It did. I, I, I was very surprised. I mean, to be quite honest, um, 
I figured out I am a story collector. Yeah. I have like since I was a little kid, people literally have always shared stuff with me that that is you know, maybe a little too much information in some situations, <laughs> but people have always opened up. And I think it comes down to I'm very curious, but I'm truly curious. Like it is I want to know, like, I'm, I'm curious about like, well, how does, how did that work? And how did that make you feel? And it's not because I'm a psychologist or anything like that. It's because I'm genuinely curious about the story. You're an expert in this. I mean, you've lived it, right? I mean, the, the challenges of of being in the corporate world and then balancing that, that work life, uh, you know, parts of your life. I mean, you've lived it, you've become an expert in it. I have, but you know, every perspective is a little bit different and You know, and since kind of started writing the book itself, I have um, I've met all of these really interesting women and men who have just a slightly different approach. And so we all kind of complement each other in a different way. And so I would never have found those people if I would have just kept on my trajectory. And so that's been kind of the most amazing thing, because my tribe, my online tribe looks very different than it would have been if I would have just stayed on my corporate path. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. You know? that. Yeah. Well, Suzanne, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? I think so. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm excited to ask you. So as someone who's gone through that journey, I mean, do you have a particular resource that inspired you to seek greater work-life balance? You know, I, 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 I struggled finding that resource. Yeah. Um, which is part of the reason why I, um, why I created, you know, the book that I'm writing is actually part work-life balance, part, um, part empowering moms and part stories. But I think what really helped me with work-life balance was changing how I looked at productivity. Mm. Um, and so there have been some productivity tools that I use that have really helped me. Yeah. Share some of them, if you will, with our listeners. Um, so the the thing that I use um, the most is um, I use combination of batching. Okay. Which, for for those of you who don't know what batching is, it's where you kind of combine like activities. So when I go to write blogs, I write all of my blogs for the month kind of in a batch. Right. You know, I write them all in a row. Instead of, well, let me write this and then let me respond to that email and then, oh, I need to make a phone call and then, you know, like – it actually causes a lot of, it uses a lot of mental energy and you have more mental fatigue if you're switching back and forth. Yeah. And you're also following someone else's uh, priorities as opposed to your own. Exactly. So I use batching, but then I combine batching with the Pomodoro method. Yes. Yes. And explain for our listeners um, who, are, who are not familiar with it, what the Pomodoro method is. So the Pomodoro method is you work for 25 minutes and then you stop for five and then another 25 and stop for five. And so I use the Pomodoro method, but I'm very productive in those five minutes. So for example, that might be when I look at social media Mm -hmm. or, you know, that might be when I, um, because I work from home, maybe I do something that I need to do that is home related, but I don't waste those five minutes. And so I'm not necessarily focused on writing or email or whatever, but I am still being productive. But those two, the combination of those two things has been incredibly helpful and it just makes me be more productive. And so being uber productive during my work time lets me have the work-life balance that I want. Absolutely love it. 
Suzanne, share with our listeners, I mean, if you had to just share one best practice tip for maintaining or achieving better work-life balance, what would it be? It would be to understand when you are most productive Mm. and to use that time wisely. So maybe that's like one and a half tips. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. (laughs) And and do you have a way to identify, I mean, because everyone has different peak periods for productivity. I mean, do you have a practice for how to identify that? So I think it really comes down to when you feel like you hit your groove. Yeah, yeah. You know, because for some people, I mean, regardless of coffee, like it just doesn't happen until mid morning. Like they could have 12 cups at 6 a.m. or they could have one and they're still not going to be productive. Or for some people, it's the afternoon. But it's like use that time as wisely as you can, because I feel like a lot of times we know it's there, but we we kind of waste time, even though, you know, when you're going to hit it. So don't check your email if that's, you know, if 10 a.m. is when you're most productive, do not start checking email at 10 a.m. I love it. absolutely (laughs) love it. Well, Suzanne, how do you recharge your batteries reboot when you just feel like you've got too much going on where you hit a a roadblock? So I try to do a little bit of self-care every day so that I don't get to that point. I do like a little mental check-in, like even before I get out of bed. But when I have kind of hit my max, I need to change scenery. Ah, yeah. So so we we like to try to do international travel um, with our two young boys. Yes, and I I recently read that uh, you hit your 40th international travel spot goal. Is is that right? I did. I did. So my goal was to hit 40 countries by 40. Oh, that's awesome. So I hit that, but, but it, it, you know, it just, it can reset my, um, my whole thinking and, um, and I can get good ideas when we're traveling and just, it's that change of scenery and, and on, and part of it is like seeing new kinds of stuff, you know, it's going to museums or seeing beautiful cathedrals or anything like that. But then I try to keep that, that feeling once we come home. I love it. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Suzanne, are you ready to do a little time travel? I am. Well, we're going to pick a period in your life. And it could be maybe, in fact, let's say uh, we're going to go back to that time where you were just hitting, you were maxing out. You were working 60 plus hours a week and you were just burning out. If you could travel back to that point and have a conversation with yourself, what is one tip or piece of advice that you would share with your past self? It seems really simple, but I would say it's going to be okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, and what, how do you think your past self would have responded to that? I think after a moment of like, yeah, whatever, this is a nightmare. <laughs> I think I would have said, all right, okay. It, it is, it's going to be okay. Yeah. But it's really hard to know that in the moment. Yeah. And you know what it was? It wasn't so much the words. It was the way you said it that, it, that just, I, I think that was so convincing for me. 
And I think that just comes with just being in a place where you know it's going to be okay and and it just it comes through in your voice and i think that that to me was very convincing more so than the words itself so so credit to you and to the way you've moved forward in your life well suzanne how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the fantastic work that you're doing so I am all things mom empowerment. So you can find me at mompowerment.com. Um, and I have a blog there, which is just mompowerment.com slash blog. It's a weekly blog. Uh, if you want to join the Facebook group, it's facebook.com slash groups slash mompowerment. Um, and I'm on Twitter and Pinterest. Um, my handle is at mompowerment. So I share a lot of work-life balance and productivity and time management and tips on actually working part-time and articles and all of that kind of stuff, because there isn't a single resource. So I'm like, let me do it. Yeah. And actually you've mentioned this a couple of times. So share with our listeners a little bit about your upcoming book. So the book will be out at the beginning of September and it is, um, I actually just got it back from the editor, which awesome. is really exciting. That is exciting. Yes. It's exciting and terrifying all in one moment. Um, and so it is a book that is, um, because I did all of these interviews, it really is to empower women to think differently about their careers. Because I interviewed moms in like every field you can imagine from like the CFO of a hedge fund to engineers to doctors and lawyers and mm -hmm. marketers. And I interviewed people who, I interviewed moms who, who work for really large companies down to solopreneurs. And oh, wow. so, um, yeah, so it's not like, oh, well, if you want to be an entrepreneur, this is the book for you. There's stuff for entrepreneurs, but there's also stuff for for moms. And honestly, anyone can pick the book up. You know, the lens that I have is as a mother. Yeah. But anyone can pick the book up and see how to negotiate working part time and what does a proposal look like? And and so that it's just kind of a, a one stop resource for all of those kinds of things. Um, so I, I have been asked and there will probably eventually be a dad version. Oh, wow. That would be that's cool. <laughs> so there will there will eventually be a dad version because I've had a lot of dads reach out and say, yeah, I'm sure. hey, where's the love? <laughs> Where, <where's> that? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that'll be the sequel. We'll, we'll look out yeah. for the sequel. That's great. Well, Suzanne, that's awesome. But I, I absolutely love what you're doing and such an inspiration. And I would love to have you close out the show. So using no more than three or four words, what parting wisdom would you like to pass on to moving forward listeners? My wisdom is make it happen. I love it. Make it happen. Suzanne, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today to inspire our listeners to move forward. Well, thank you so much for having me. I have loved this conversation. Oh, me too. And remember, Moving Forward listeners, check it out one more time, bemovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at bemovingforward. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.